0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at shepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. coming come alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. We're talking about pastoring businessmen today, and this would include entrepreneurs and anybody in that line of work, investors, that sort of thing. And I want to encourage pastors to be able to help them and shepherd them in a way that encourages them, encourages those kind of people to build wealth and not be afraid of it. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask for wisdom and direction. Thank you for this time this morning. And I just ask that people would be encouraged, pastors would be helped. And for the business guys listening in, I pray that they would be encouraged as well, not to fear uh, or be afraid of building and, and using talents that you've given them, but would invest and would work hard to see Wealth build for your glory and for the good of those around them. And I trust you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, shout out to the sponsor of the month. Origin has been great, and they're an example, actually, of some of the things I'm going to be talking about today. They have worked hard to bring back American manufacturing. People had told them, hey, you can't make, source all of this here in America if you're going to build a clothing company. You have to have people that are making the clothes in China or Sri Lanka or Vietnam or something like that. And Pete, the owner, founder, pretty much looked back at them and said, watch me. And so I love that kind of... I love that kind of attitude that just says, hey, we're going to get it done, we're going to work hard, and we're going to figure it out. So we're going to find out a way to do this here, and they've got their headquarters up in Maine, and they're just doing great work. So we've partnered with them this month, and they've been gracious to provide uh, provide for us a giveaway of a pair of American-made jeans and, <clears throat> and a hoodie. It's really awesome. Follow the link in the show notes, and you can check that out, and we'll have more on origin here in just a little bit. Okay, here's the scene. A business guy that's gifted in the area of business feels guilty of... That he knows how to make money. Or an entrepreneur who built a company from the ground up, <clears throat> sold it for a massive profit and starting another one, feels guilty because somehow or another, they're afraid because they keep hearing that money somehow is inherently evil. Jesus told us, and Paul reminded us, it's not that money is evil, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's First Timothy chapter 6, I believe, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And Jesus warns us, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We don't want to do that. So there, there's all these warnings that keep a businessman in this state of fear a lot of times. That's a Christian businessman specifically. And so what I want to do today is really encourage you to be the kind of man that, that's able to build bigger barns, Luke chapter 12, we're going to get there here at the very end of this. Build bigger barns, not for yourself, but for those that are around you, for the people around you, for the glory of God. And, and you need to be that kind of man that doesn't bury your talents out of fear, but has the freedom in the, in in your sphere, freedom in your giftings to do what God's called you to do. And pastors, what I want to encourage you with is that some of your best men, the best men in your church, the men that are the most godly men, that are just your buddies, your friends, some of them don't need to be elders. Now, we need guys that are qualified to be elders when it comes to character. We need more and more guys that want to be in pastoral ministry. That's a good thing. But some of the best men in the church just need to be encouraged. Build the business, man. I mean, make millions for the glory of God and for the good of those that are around you. Do what you can To just put your hands to the plow and watch God work. And there are people like this in every single small community, every city. They're the kind of people that can, literally everything they touch turns to gold kind of people. You know what I'm talking about. They just know how to invest. They know how to make money. They know how to use it in a proper way. And it doesn't have them. It doesn't control them. Are there examples in every community where money does control them? The love of money dictates their life? Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And those warnings are necessary. And we'll get to those here in the Proverbs. But I want to give you a few passages to think about. And really just, I mean, for some of the business guys out here, this may set you free because you felt the burden of the weight of thinking, oh my goodness, am I doing something wrong because I'm making a lot of money? And I just want to encourage you, you're not. I mean, maybe if it's got your heart, you need to, to drop back a little bit. Uh, but most likely, you just need to be encouraged. Hey, don't bury your talents. Invest, build, and watch God watch God work. Okay, here, Here's a few things to think about. If you're going to be a businessman, and if you're going to shepherd businessmen, you got to encourage them to have the knowledge to be able to do it. And, and Most guys are like this. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business guy, you have the wherewithal to go and get the knowledge that you need to get because you realize on the other end of that, you just have to know your field. You just have to have the knowledge, the physical knowledge. But But more than that, you don't just need the knowledge. You need the wisdom to apply what you know. If you only have the knowledge and don't have the wisdom to apply it, just like in any other field or any other vocation, you, you just end up causing a lot of problems. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody ends up in prison or jail, something like that. So you have to be able to do what, what's required to get the knowledge, acquire the knowledge that's necessary to do the good work. But then you have to have the wisdom. And this is what Proverbs tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. Um, says this, the beginning of wisdom uh, is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Have wisdom, have insight. Be slow when it comes... Learn all that you can. But when it comes to applying that knowledge, just make sure that you're taking that knowledge and applying it in an appropriate way, especially for the young business guys in the church and the young guys that you're shepherding, pastoring. You've got to encourage them and walk through this with them to not make quick decisions that are unwise, but to make sure... You know, as as they get older, you know, business guys get older, they're able to assess information and make better decisions the older they get. And so on the front end of this, the the idea is get wisdom. And trust the Lord, read his word, know God's word, and study his word. And as the Holy Spirit is helping you understand God's Word, God has also given us wisdom as you're giving counsel and and being discipled by guys. You're going to get wisdom. And so that's what is necessary when it comes to being a good businessman. But I I want to uh, consider a few few other verses here about work and why I love these companies I'm going to talk about here in just a minute, Origin being one of them, but also Canon Press here in just a second. But I, I want you to think about this at a personal level and then at a business level and why some people see something and they just see... Uh, a problem. They just see all the reasons why something can't be done. And other people see those same problems, but they see them as opportunities. And they think, okay, other people are going to see that as a problem. I'm seeing that as an opportunity. I'm running to it and not away from it. And here are a few verses that, that, that explain what I'm talking about. This is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. A slack hand causes po- po- poverty, but the di- but the hand of the diligent makes rich. A slack hand. A lazy man ends up in poverty, but the one who works hard, who's committed to the work, who's diligent, who gets after it day after day, wakes up ready to go, goes to bed tired. That kind of a guy, eventually, this is how the Proverbs work. These these principles, these Proverbs, these wise sayings work. If you work hard rather than than be lazy in life, you end up being rich, wealthy. That's that's just a general principle. If you work hard over time, this is what ends up happening. How about this? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Let's check this out. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23 says this, In the toil there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Mere talk leads only to poverty. Business guys need to be encouraged to take the ideas and apply those ideas. Go after it. There are so many people that have great ideas, and so many people that I know that talk about 20 years ago, the opportunities they had that they squandered or didn't take because they were either fearful or didn't have the money at the time or didn't know how this is going to turn out. And you know, everybody says that hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But how many people do we know have talked about the investment they would have made that would have turned into the profits of of millions of dollars, but they didn't do it. And now if they could go back and give themselves counsel when they're younger, and they they were talking about it, but the action wasn't there. And there's always these groups of people that have really good ideas, but never apply those. And and when it comes to the business world, here's one of the things that I see myself as a pastor, my responsibility for the guys in the church that are gifted in this way, the talents that God has invested in them, or the, 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 the talents that God has put in them to be thinking about Um, building and business, okay? They need to be told, okay, move from talking now. I want to encourage you in the Lord. Love the Lord. Use money. Go out and do well in this business venture. Invest well. Get this group. Start this. Buy this thing. Whatever it may be. Go out and do it for the glory of God. Do it wisely, of course. You don't want to do it foolishly. But go out and do this for the glory of God. Okay, move from talk to action. Talking gets us nowhere. Poverty comes in the end of talking, but those who put their hand to the plow end up seeing this work. This is this is a, a good stuff. I mean, it's a really good stuff. Proverbs twenty one five. Here is what it says: The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Diligence, work hard day in and day out, put in the time, and usually those who end up being successful, they have this story. Right? We, I woke up at this time every single day. I did this work that nobody else would do, and everybody else is in college acquiring debt, and I was out here doing an apprenticeship and, and doing the hard work. Whatever it may be, that story is there where, you know, usually the success that's seen now behind it is a massive amount of just hard, diligent work. And what ends up happening is God blesses the work of the hands, and you end up seeing Abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. If all you want, usually talkers and lazy people go together, a lot of talk and a lot of laziness, and that ends up leading to poverty. These are principles that are woven into how the world works. Thomas Edison uh, famously said, opportunity is missed because it's often dressed up in overalls and looks like hard work. You've heard that before, right? Where some people see a pile or a, a, just a mess, and other people look at it and think, okay, this is how I'm going to make money, right here. This is, this is how I'm going to build wealth for my family. This is how I'm going to build wealth for the church. This is how I'm going build, to build wealth. And so business guys need to be encouraged. Take these Proverbs principles. When we look in the scriptures, there are people all throughout the New and Old Testament who are wealthy. And they're not condemned for their wealth. They're They're given warnings about it, but they're not condemned for it. In fact, like I said in in Luke chapter 12, where we're going to end today, the the pushback that Jesus gives is is don't build bigger barns and sit back and say, whose will these be? But if you have an answer to the question, whose will these be, then build the bigger barns. Again, we'll get there here in just a second. A couple warnings on the front end uh, of this after stating all of that positively. Okay, The warnings are clear. Proverbs 23, 4. What does it say? One from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament when it comes to warnings. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist it. If you are toiling just for wealth's sake, if that's all you're doing, I just want money. If you're toiling because I just want to accumulate a a massive bank account, this is the exact same warning in that Luke 12 passage, that it's just for you. If you're just wanting it for wealth's sake, but you're not doing this for the glory of God and for the good of others, then... The Proverbs is telling us, hey, don't do that. (laughs) This is the warning. Do not toil to acquire wealth for wealth's sake. That doesn't do anyone any good, and it does not honor the Lord. Jesus said, Mark uh, 8, 36, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? um, It profits nothing. If you gain everything, and you have all this, think about what Bill Gates has. He's going to stand before before a holy God, and if he's not justified before he dies, he's going to face the very wrath of God for eternity. So what does it profit a man if he gains everything and loses his soul? And the answer is it gains nothing. It absolutely gains nothing. Okay, so guys need to have these warnings, but I want you to think about this as we think about Luke chapter 12 and think about positive examples of this. One of the reasons I love Canon Press is because they have put their hand to the plow for years. Doug Wilson has modeled this. This is really in the spirit of some of the restorationists. If you look at Gary North and the Tyler, Texas crowd and some of the guys like Rush Dooney, and, and they, they were massive. They just put out tons and tons of content. I just read a book by Gary Northus last year, and he talked about he wrote the book in two weeks, and it was a massive. I mean, it was like a it was like a six hundred page book that he wrote in two weeks, and he committed himself to four hours of writing a day, and just powered through it. He just did it. He did the work, wrote the book, and this is what you see in Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon is a hero of mine. Charles Spurgeon wrote in just fifty. He died at fifty seven, and he wrote one hundred and fifty something books, and he is the most published English writer in the world. He just did it. He just worked hard, and he put his hand to the plow. Again, I keep using, that. I keep saying that, but that's just what he did, and you can see the massive amount of work and all that God God did. It's just incredible. We can't impress kind of a modern day version of this. They, I mean, at every step of the way, I, they're like, okay, we're going to write books, and who who are we going to get to publish them? And their idea is, well, we'll just publish it. Well, we need a school, okay, we'll we'll just start a school. Well, now we need some higher education, okay, we'll just start a. We'll just start a a school of higher education. Okay, well, we need uh, a media house. Okay, we'll just start a media house. And all of this came from just diligently working day in and day out. We look at Moscow, Idaho, and people wonder, like, how do you replicate Moscow? And it's 40 years of what Doug Wilson calls plotting. When this, Origin, what I'm partnering with. Now, Origin's not a Christian company, explicitly Christian or anything, but what I love that they're doing is they've been told time and time again, you can't do this. So what, what do they do? They, they found an abandoned old wool mill or a factory that was building and making and weaving fabric, a cotton fabric, I believe. And they went to the factory, bought this old machine that had been sitting there for, for, I think, decades. And they br- bring it back, service it, figure it out, and they bring something back from the dead in this country, which is the make, making of American products. Uh, clothing, in particular, I mean, you, how, how few clothes are made in America? I've got a pair of Orvis jeans. You go to Orvis, we were going down to, um, <clears throat> what's it called? Um, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, and there's an Orvis there. And you walk in, and it's, I mean, the, the aesthetic of the building, I mean, they're on point. It's great. And you start looking at their clothes, and nothing's made in America. Even at Orvis, you're going to pay 80 bucks for a pair of pants, and it's made in Sri Lanka or something. And there, there is a, there's a virtue, there's a value in building things here in this country this is a love when you talk about love your neighbor issues over the last you know three years everybody seems to discover the the great commandment and and companies like that functionally are loving their neighbor they're employing people here think about how crazy it is that you go to walmart and everything on the shelf is manufactured in china almost everything. I'd love to see the percentages there. Think about all the things that were manufactured because at some point there was a factory somewhere and somewhere in Pennsylvania or somewhere here in Illinois. And at some point they, the owners came to the employees and said, guys, I'm sorry. You're, we're going to either going to have buyouts here, but we're building a factory in Mexico or building a factory in China. And we're going to hire people from there to build these products. Now we're not going to make them here. I'm sorry. You're going to have to find new work unless you want to move to Mexico or something. Think about how crazy that is. At some point, those decisions in boardroom somewhere had to be made. And I love that Origen is saying, we're, we're going to do this, whatever it takes, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to do this here. And This is the entrepreneurial spirit that America was built on, but this is what we see in the scriptures. I mean, this is what we see in Proverbs. These are principles here of, of just work hard day in and day out. Take the giftings that God has placed inside of you and let those be worked out through six days of hard work, six days you shall work and one day of rest. And this is what business guys need to be encouraged with, pastors. We cannot mallet over, bring a mallet over the head of guys in our church, and, and basically scare them to death of the love of money. That's that's not what we're called to do. We're in call, we're called to see the glory of God in all aspects of life, and encourage guys to live whatever you eat, drink, or do, do all for the glory of God. We want to see them. Follow the model of uh, Spurgeon of Cannon, what Canon has done, what Origin has done here, a different company, but still what they're what they're doing, and, and looking through those barriers and saying, okay, we're going to go through this anyways. Whatever obstacles there, we're going to figure out a way to do this uh, because I've, I've got the ability to do it. I'm going to do this because God is helping me. I, this is what I'm going to do. Luke 12. Okay, bigger barns. This is the warning. This is what what I think of often, and did used to think of often when thinking about money and wealth and those sorts of things. Here, here's Jesus' words. All right. Someone in the crowd said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be under guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. There's the warning. Don't walk in covetousness. Coveting somebody else's, or or wanting more and more and more, there's a want that won't ever go away. So make sure that you don't think that life is about the abundance of possessions. That's the warning. If you think life is about the abundance of possessions, you're missing the point. Okay, if you're after it for possession's sake or wealth's sake, you're missing the point. And he told him a parable saying, a land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought, so rich man, plenty. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. What's the rebuke here? Is the rebuke richness, wealth, lands, a productive property? Is the rebuke barns or even bigger barns? That is not the rebuke. The rebuke is whose will they be? That's the rebuke. You've got to hear this. Whose will they be? As you are plugging along and I mean, just busting through every single obstacle. What's the point? Is the point to prove something about yourself? Is the proof just making, or is, is the whole point just making money? Is the whole point trying to please your father? Is the whole point, whatever whatever it may be, okay? Get, get right with the Lord if you're not. And make sure your ambition is godly and it's not selfish. If you're doing this for a claim for yourself, then you're doing it wrong. Whose will they be? If you have an answer to that, Well, they're my children's, the most needy around me. Well, they're my grandchildren's. They're my great-grandchildren's. This is for the good of my friends and neighbors as I take care of my family. And beyond taking care of my family, I want to take care of my church family. And then this is for the people within the church that need help. If you have answers for whose will they be, then there are many guys out there that need to be told, okay, it's time to build bigger barns. It's time for, for these to be a kingdom outpost for the glory of God and the good of others. And uh, business guys out there, I mean, uh, as my friend Scott, again, quoting him, would say, crush it. Get out there and crush it. Do what God's called you to do. And follow the example of some of these great people and, and great businesses that are doing this. Uh, you can do this. And, uh, And so anyways, be encouraged. Pastors, shepherd your businessmen well. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, share, and follow the links and sign up for that giveaway. It's a great giveaway and uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day.